All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Massive week for the podcast, probably. Who knows? I'd like to start off uh, on a positive, if I may. Too often I find myself starting a little negative. And if you're starting negative on a solo podcast, you're really just whinging, mate, you know? So I'd like to start positive this week and really get two feet in front of uh, something that's come to light and just put everyone at ease. Okay, last week in the pod, everyone knows I was abused within an inch of my life at a local Aporto, my local Aporto. Okay, so that's, you know, to be abused at any Aporto is quite shaking because traditionally it is more of a happier place. But to get abused at your local Aporto, to get abused at your personal Aporto, that's crazy, dude. Okay, so I was worried if I should go back or not. The guy was obviously an absolute kook, but at the same time, some of his allegations were ringing true, re that I'm an absolute smart ass and he knows how I think. I don't care how crazy a bloke seems. If someone comes up to you and goes, mate, I know how you think. A part of you is going to be like, fuck, he's onto me massively here. (laughs) And then the next day after this guy tried to fight me, basically, I saw him just hanging out texting. So I thought maybe this is actually a fully fledged civilian who's got a legitimate problem with Billy Darcy. Maybe he's listened to get around me and it's, it's not to his liking. Maybe he was listening to Get Around Me when I walked into the Aporto, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't think he had an AirPod in, but it's very hard to tell. Maybe he was listening to Get Around Me thinking, I hate this bloke, and if I ever get the chance, I'm going to try to flog him. And then, you know, do-do-do, here comes a, a mildly stoned Billy Darcy in the mood for a double Bondi burger. So, if that's how things have played out, then I can't blame him, but I'm happy to report I saw this bloke again on the weekend. Obviously, I thought I'll steer clear of him. He starts abusing someone. It wasn't me. It was his bouncer at a pub across the road. Bloke's just going nuts, okay? So not only is this bloke a confirmed kook, uh, it turns out he only goes after the hardest blokes on the street. So what turned out to be a pretty harrowing experience has turned into really a compliment, if you want to spin it that way, that this bloke... He's an absolute kook. It wasn't personal. He doesn't know how I think. He probably doesn't know how he thinks, really. And not only that, but he appears to target the strongest, most well-tattooed men in the area, of which I tick both those boxes. So, some fantastic news off the rip. No personal beefs in the local area. I didn't want to have it anyway. I like to keep everyone on side, especially as I'm trying to garner some sort of a likability in the local area i can tell all the lads from the northcott terrace know that i'm a northern beaches transplant they they can smell it on me okay i'm walking past you know my mum's calling to tell me that she loves me like the writing's on the wall so i'm desperately trying to fit in with my new local area and to have this absolute kook uh not have a personal beef with me is a step in the right direction so anyway what else is on uh massive week dude Massive week. Obviously, we got the referendum this week. Dude, I love a referendum. Democracy in action, a referendum. I can't get enough of referendums. I think we should have them like all the time. 
how good would it be first week of every October, referendum week, and we just nail off like, you know, six to ten issues. Just get in there. Just ferries should be cheaper, you know, treat refugees better. You should be able to eat in the smoking area. Just bang, 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 bang. So I can't wait. I love a bloody referendum. I'll be out there poking my head around town like I am a 53-year-old man after a local car crash or something. I will be sticky-beaking my fucking face off this Saturday for the referendum. I can't wait, dude. It's going to be awesome. And it's been a big week. It's a big week for this nation, and it's been a big week for yours truly. I was called a nerd for the first time in about 20 years on the weekend, and I'll be candid. It's rattled me to the core. It's rattled me to the core, mate, because I've been engaging in some pretty nerdy behavior recently. I've been head over heels into the Star Wars universe watching Ahsoka. Marky caught me watching a Star Wars breakdown video on YouTube the other day. Embarrassing to say the least. And I was engaging in some banter about Ahsoka at a gig on the weekend. And one of the other comedians, one of the older, more sort of bully type comedians, if you will, (laughs) uh, called me a nerd. And I, I took great offense to it. I took it personally and I've internalized it because I was like, fuck, <laughs> I think he's right. <laughs> oh, dude, I think he's right. And so then I started to spiral a little bit because I thought, Jesus Christ, I can't really, do you know what I mean? I'm already 28 and single. If I sort of have like a nerd pivot in my late 20s, I don't know, dude. Am I going to end up marrying some goth chick? Like, where does this end? I I don't... I'm not vibing this at all. Billy Darcy rebrand as a nerd. And look, I'll admit, when a girl has like black and pink hair with pigtails, I'm into it to a certain extent, but it's not my whole personality. Okay, so I was shocked and startled. I I don't identify as a nerd, mostly because I've had more than three confirmed roots, but also... I don't know, like, I was thinking about it. Is Does being into Star Wars make you a nerd? Because that's what was thrown at me on Saturday night. Oh, Bill's talking about Star Wars. Then look at him, he's a big nerd. And I thought, dear God, am I a big nerd? And I thought, I don't know. I think, I don't know if sci-fi is for this, because I, like, if some bloke was, like, I love Star Wars, right? I love it. Absolutely love it. But if some bloke was talking about Star Trek near me, I'd be like, mate, have a go at this fucking loser. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not in for, like, other sci-fi or anything. Like, when people do the thing with their fingers apart and they've got elf ears on or whatever, you know, I can't condone that sort of behavior. So, I thought... Is is sci-fi just nerdy in and of itself? And then I thought... I think, because my dad likes Star Wars, but like he just watches the films when they come out. You know what I mean? He's not he's not engaging with the television shows and the lore and that sort of thing. He's not watching Star Wars theory on YouTube, okay? I don't know how many confirmed routes my dad has, but it's definitely way too many for that sort of behavior. So, so I thought, does liking Star Wars make you a nerd? I don't think it does. Does liking sci-fi make you a nerd? I mean... In theory, I, I do think liking Star Trek makes you a nerd, but then I realized the hypocrisy of what I was saying. So I think 
I think just obsession makes you a nerd. I think anytime you're obsessed with something to the point it's like denigrating other parts of your life. You know, you got these blokes whipping around town in horrific health, haven't seen sunlight in weeks, really just the dating history uh, is non-existent, you know, and they're not living a fully-fledged life. And I think obsession makes you a nerd because I got mates who are up at 3 a.m. watching the Rugby Union World Cup. I thought, are these blokes not really just fucking nerds as well when you think about it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're getting up at 2 a.m. to watch Ireland versus Wales in the Rugby World Cup, are you not also in a galaxy far, far away, brother? Are you also not popping your head under the doona to try and escape some of your more negative thoughts? Because sports nerds are totally a thing. I think we all know a bloke who likes sports so much that it becomes like nerdy. I'm talking about your F1 blokes. I'm talking about the blokes who like literally every single code of ball sport and then also like F1 on top of that. And if you throw in that that bloke is also getting up for various stages of the Tour de France, you cannot tell me that man is not a nerd. You simply cannot tell me that man is not a nerd. Do you know what I mean? Is this, is this making any sense or is this the paranoid reflexive action of a bloke who got called a nerd on the weekend for the first time in 20 years and really, really took it poorly? Because <laughs> I think it could be either. I think it could be either, to be honest. My God. But really, yeah, I was thinking about it. You know, it's been on my mind. Because I was thinking, you know, you see a bloke in a Star Wars shirt at the pub, you're like, mate, that is pretty average. Yeah, It's never a local rooster. That's the other thing is the sci-fi fans usually have let themselves go a little bit. But you see a bloke at the pub in a Barcelona jersey, God forbid he's got his own name on the back of that thing. This bloke's copying nothing. Do you know what I mean? There are blokes out there who have, who worship Lionel Messi in a way that many nerds out there worship Luke Skywalker. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're rolling into the pub with a Barcelona jersey with your own name on it, you've pretty much brought your own lightsaber into the venue. And I don't think that's controversial to say. At least Star Wars blokes know they're not going to meet Luke Skywalker. You know, these, these sports nerds, there's a lot of rugby league fellas out there who reckon if they did meet Jonathan Thurston, they'd get on like a house on fire. At least Star Wars nerds aren't that delusional, I would argue. But yeah, I think... I think, I don't know where I'm trying to end with this, but I think being a nerd is more just obsession. Do you know what I mean? I feel like girls definitely skirt the whole nerd thing more than blokes. I guess they're not into sci-fi as much. They probably have more dignity. But but if uh, there's plenty of girls out there who know every word to like every episode of Sex in the City. Probably. I have just made that up, but right in. And would that not make you as much of a nerd as the bloke who knows every episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. I don't know. I wish someone else was on this podcast to sort of reassure me if this is making any sense or it's sort of a little bit needy. But either way, yeah, got called a nerd on the weekend and straight to my bones, dude, because I think 3% of me knew it was true. I don't know. I just thought maybe if you were like enough of a cunt in your early 20s, it sort of cancelled out the nerd thing. But maybe I'm finding out that that's not the case. So, startling news, confirmed nerd, I will have to send this podcast from the comedy section to, I don't know, is there a nerd section of podcasts? I'm not sure, is this fan fiction? 
Am I a loser? Who knows? But anyway, so that happened on the weekend. Uh, doing a gig, got called a nerd by one of the older comedians, who unfortunately I would not be able to flog in a one-on-one physical battle. He's quite sturdy. You know those dads where it's like uh, they're, they're 50, but like they're still quite strong? And even though, look, yeah, they probably can't get off the couch in one go. They've still got that 1980s strength in them. And you know that even though you're, you're much more nimble and agile and your BMI is something they still try, strive towards, you know that if it came to a, a physical battle, they would beat the shit out of you just via, you know, growing up racist and having more cunning in them than you. So it's something to think about. But anyway, dude, yeah, sort of a weird weekend. I, um, you know, there was a lot happening. I went, The reason I was out and about on the weekend and I saw that psycho bloke abusing a bouncer was new bar and me place pops up down the road from me. And dude, obviously bar and me's at the moment. I've put my hand up previously that I am, I do have a problem. Okay. Bar and me's and riding line bikes high and drunk on the tram tracks on George Street are my two vices at the moment that will probably cause my death, okay? If I go in the next year, it will be barn me or lime bike related. Uh, anyway, so new barn me place. I go there. It's a chain. It's an absolute disgrace. I ordered one just on the off chance, but no. Neon, neon signs, no good, okay? So that was a disappointment. But anyway, regardless, I go from the barn me place to the park to eat by barn me and to listen to a podcast and just chill out, mate. Okay. It's my weekend too, guys. And dude, this has happened a couple of times in the local area, which I am from, allegedly. And this has happened a couple of times. Got a knock at the door a couple of months ago from these sort of people handing out the Jesus pamphlets and talking about, you know, how Jesus is going to save your life and all this stuff. And so I just want to paint a picture. I'm at the park. I want to say it's 24 degrees on the fucking nose, yeah? Not a cloud in the sky. AirPods in. And wait for this. I bought brand new AirPods last week. So this has been weeks of me just having a left AirPod working. And the right AirPod was just to sort of keep up appearances, basically. Okay, I'm walking around with a right AirPod. I'm like Hugh Jackman with his missus. I'm desperately trying to convince people of what's happening. But I think I know and Hugh knows that I am only getting I'm only interested in what's coming out of the left AirPod. The right AirPod's doing nothing for me, okay? So I'm whipping around town with one AirPod. I go, fuck this dude. I'm getting a brand new pair of AirPods. Bang, grab those. Dude, if you are whipping around with a a uh, compromised AirPod, just throw down 200 bucks for the second gen ones and and treat yourself. Because I'll admit, $400 for the third gen is a bit how you're going. $200, you use them every day. Oh my God, okay? It's unbelievable. So I got the brand new AirPods in. I've got the Bar Me, which I suspect is of poor quality just from the vibe and the fact it was a chain when I was in there. And, you know, I'm ordering on an iPad. I go, you shouldn't even be taking card payments if you're a real bar and me place. I've brought $13. I went to Woolies to get $13 out. I'm ready to party. So anyway, I walk from the bar and me place to the park and I'm not taking a bite of the bar and me. I'm saving it, okay? I've got the podcast cranking. I sit down. It's 24 degrees. 
bang. I bite into the bar and me. It's average. Who cares? The weather's on. I'm having a fucking great time. This guy comes up to me, AirPods in mid bar and me, and hands me a little Bible passage thing. I don't want to be rude. I grab it. I give him, I give him a nod, and I go back to my bar and me. This guy starts talking to me. I've got the pods in mid-barn me. Like, dude, you do not interrupt a man mid-barn me. Like, this better be fucking life or death. And I'll give credit to this man because it turned out it was life or death. This guy just whips into this rant about what happens to us after we die. And it's like, you know what I mean, dude? It's just rude. And I don't understand. Like, a couple months ago when they came to the front door... They were going for like 25 minutes. I couldn't get a word in. And I'm trying to do that thing where I'm like, all right, all right, yep. Like, I couldn't even get the all rights in. And it's weird with these religious kooks because they've interrupted me, right? Yet now the burden is on me to not be rude to them. It's just 15 minutes of me fighting the urge to be like, listen, mate, fuck off, okay? My barn me is cooling down by the second right now. It was a 10-minute walk here, you know what I mean? I have a very small window to finish this bar and me at optimum temp. And it's it's bizarre because, you know, I'm in, I'm in for spreading the word of God, but why? It appears that God chose his least charismatic children to spread it. This guy's like 45, just sort of mumbling. They never take a breath. He's not really making a larger point. He's just sort of out there to be out there. And it's like, I, I'm putting the AirPod back in and I go, okay, mate, I'll read the pamphlet later. Thank you. And he still keeps going. And at this point, we're like 10 minutes in. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I'm not telling this guy to get fucked. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's that about? Am I, is that just the burden of being not a piece of shit? Or should I just be like, mate, honestly, leave me the fuck alone. You absolute f- kook. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But then even just saying that now, I know I would regret that if I said that. I've blown up at like, ever. I don't think I've ever blown up at someone in my life and not regretted it really. And there's a lot of people who've done way more to me than this bloke. And I've still been like, oh, the tone, Bill, the tone. And so I'm just sitting there, behind me is going cold. And at one point, I sort of just put the AirPods back in and continue eating the barn me while he's still going. And I go, okay, okay. And do you know what I mean? It's like, mate, I understand. I grew up Catholic. I understand the Bible's got some fucking red hot shit in there, brother. But at the same time, can we get some production value on the pitch? You know what I mean? Like, as far as he knows, I, I'm atheist or whatever. I don't know what he thinks I am. But he's, pro- he's trying to convert me, you know? He's talking about what's going to happen to me. He's talking about, like, burning in hell if I don't get on board with this shit. And yet the, the pitch is like, you know what I mean? Can we Tony Robbins it up a bit here, brother? Give me some oomph. Give me some production value. Throw a few jazz hands in the mix, you know? So, I don't know. Christianity's marketing has got to lift significantly, dude. If a bloke knocked on your door and interrupted you making dinner and was like, mate, can I talk to you about the new Avengers film? You got to see it. I feel like he'd be really going for it. But yet this bloke, who's literally talking about life and death, can't even really hit a cadence. So... It's frustrating to say the least, and uh, that guy kind of ruined my park.
I park trip. But anyway, that's really all that's happened with me this weekend. Uh, let's crack in to a couple of topics. Dude. All right, so a couple of things I want to talk about. I will say not the chillest week for news. Obviously, horrific things happening in Israel and Palestine, dominating the headlines as it should. I don't feel that Get Around Me is the podcast to be covering that. Uh, it's, dude, we got we got war in the Middle East and an indigenous referendum. I mean, white comedy podcasters assemble. Jesus Christ, dude. It's not the week for Get Around Me. So, a couple of things. Oh, actually, there was one thing regarding the referendum. Uh, and this is just funny. This is just a bit of bloody banter. Uh, as you know, I'm obsessed with like Australian celebrities just doing kook shit, dude. And there's a woman, Nicola Charles, who played, she was on Neighbours in the 90s. And she played Sarah Beaumont, apparently. It was b- b- before my time as a Neighbours fan. And I just love like C-list Australian celebrities. And really this chick, like I've never heard of her. She's probably, I mean, it's as low as you could go while still being considered a celebrity. And that's no knock on her. She's just been out of the game for quite some time. But uh, this is this is unreal stuff. Nicola Charles put out a video saying that the yes vote is actually uh, just a way for the one world order, the UN, to take everyone's private property. And that if the yes vote gets up, the UN will come in and seize everyone's property. And there will be no private land in Australia, which is unreal. And... Dude, the 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 no campaign is just wild, dude. They they got some crazy shit like this, dude. I love this because obviously it's pretty kooky, but I love these Australian celebs where because I used to go in on wild conspiracy theories, dude. I used to love this shit, you know, the one world order and all this sort of stuff. The government's lizard people. I was fucking in me and my mate Benny Rogan, mate. It was all we did. Okay, we were also sixteen at the time, and it, and I'm not knocking Nicola Charles. But it's just so funny when you see like Anthony Mundine, like this chick, and it's like, guys, this is this. There's some wild stuff being said here, but also it's pretty obvious that unfortunately you have had your first YouTube phase at 43 years old. You know, when you discover that part of YouTube, you know, when before you get into the conspiracy part of YouTube, the doco part of YouTube, and I guess when I was into YouTube, it was before podcasts and stuff. You just think YouTube is for like vloggers and dogs falling down the stairs. And when you discover that YouTube is actually a diverse place with all sorts of crazy shit going on, I'm talking like the ancient alien side of YouTube, you know, this sort of stuff, the 9-11 side, all of it, dude. Like, And conspiracy theories, some of them are sick and some of them are just wild. And you've got to wade through them because, you know, the 9-11 stuff's crazy. I'll get into that. The alien stuff, fuck yeah, dude. This stuff is a bit slippery, and when you're just wading into that stuff as like a 45-year-old person who's never really experienced what it's like on the internet as far as like vetting information and thinking, is this true, or is this just something someone said, and then going on Facebook with like 90,000 followers and just letting it rip, dude, there's nothing better than that. It's like... Anthony Bardeed at times is like a 16-year-old with 100,000 followers. Like when I was 16 in my conspiracy phase, if I had a platform to just let it rip, dude, that, and that that's what Egg Boy was, by the way. 
That's what Egg Boy was. He was a 17-year-old who was cooking it up, you know, Egg That Bloke. We all loved it. And then he's 17. He's into all sorts of wild conspiracy shit on YouTube, which is fine. Go nuts, dude. But then, all of a sudden, Egg Boy, who's, you know, going to bed in, wrapped in tin foil every night, got 600,000 Instagram followers. And he started letting it rip, and it got pretty fucking weird, dude. Okay? It got pretty fucking weird. And that's exactly what this chick is. So, <laughs> unreal, dude. And, yes. <laughs> I love this stuff so much. And it went really well, this video. It's shared 25,000 times. And I read an article that, like, all the ABC's votes about, uh, sorry, posts about voting yes, none of them got more than 17,000 shares. So, Nicola Charles is, is gripping and ripping massively, dude. And she's looking to go fully fledged with this stuff, my lord. But, and then, and this is how crazy it is. This is the world we live in now. Anthony Albanese, the, the Albo, the Prime Minister, he has to, like, refute this. <laughs> he has to actually refute these wild claims. Like, and this is like, dude, the no vote is just fucking wild because they'll just swing so much wilder than the yes vote that it's very hard to... It's very hard to compete, to be honest, because this chick goes out there and says, the UN, if you vote yes, the UN is going to steal your home. And then Albo has to come out and be like, guys, the UN... He's, he's doing... He's doing a, Albo is now in this situation where he'll be doing a press conference about the yes vote and how it will better represent the views of Indigenous people. And he's there going, guys, the UN is not going to seize your private property. Dear God, <laughs> it's absurd. And then I read in this article that someone rejigged Albo's interview to just say, it's on TikTok to say, if you vote yes, the UN is going to seize your private property. And then that video on TikTok has like a million shares. And it's like, dude, I mean, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know. It's so wild out there. I, I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Like, I post and ghost on TikTok to preserve my mental health. So, I don't know what goes on on TikTok. But, like, I've got some younger mates who are telling me TikTok's so wild with the no vote. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's so crazy to be like, the no vote is winning via TikTok. It's like, you can't seriously be telling me that boomers are winning the battle on TikTok. That's insane, dude. I don't know what's going on out there. And it's a wild, wild place. I will say, thank God this Nicola Charles chick didn't come out with these views in 1993 because I saw some photos of her when she was on Neighbours and it is absolutely face-melting stuff, dude, okay? I'm just, I'm not saying that, you know, the UN isn't trying to take everyone's homes. I'm just saying that if Nicola Charles told me that they were in 1993 that I would believe her, okay? Dear God, dude, I can see why she was cast. Unbelievable stuff. So I love an Australian celeb swinging wild out there. And uh, I love someone with a platform having their YouTube conspiracy face. You should have to be government mandated. They send you away to a camp for six months. First three months is your YouTube conspiracy phase. And then the second three months is you just sitting around talking about it and just getting it out of your system. 
all while locked up, no phones, you can't post on Instagram about it. And then you get it out of your system and you return to society because this shit is wild, dude. I love it. <laughs> anyway, all right, a couple of things to end here. Firstly, I want to do the project for this week. Then I want to talk a bit of UFC, a bit of cricket. I had uh, the most shocking weekend on the punt on the UFC. Just really bad stuff. And I know people get off on me losing. Some of the people, some of the rat bags that listen to this thing, dude, I love you. I love you. Stop messaging me after I lose on the UFC. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding around. I actually love it. But some of you guys are fucking masochists, dude. You love to see Darcy go down. So either way. Um, and then we got the second half with our darling boy, Rowan Arneal. And anyway, so... The project for this week, I wrote it down somewhere. Here we go. Okay, I want to do the project, and then I want to talk about the UFC and then some cricket. So the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. Musically themed this week, we love the arts here at Get Around Me. First up, uh, singer-songwriter Hayley Holgate. One of my favorites, even though this is her debut single, so... I don't know if you can have a favorite singer-songwriter before they've released a song. I think if you do, you're probably just a stalker. But I followed Haley on Instagram for the last year or so, just ripping the sickest covers on there. And she's also from the Northern Beaches. So a gender reveal there. But Haley Holgate, she's got her first single out. It's called A Good Feminist. And it cranks along, dude. It was played on Home and Hose last night on Triple J. Ash McGregor, shout out. Okay. So, debut single from an Australian singer-songwriter. Give it a rip, dude. Haley Holgate, spelled H-O-L-G-A-T-E, her last name. So, yeah, cracking voice. Just unbelievable voice. So good. Give it a bloody rip. Then also, Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. Dude, what's doing? I love these chicks, okay? And I will not uh, beat around the bush. It's... You know, it's an indie rock band with a female lead singer who's just got that much dog in her voice. It's unbelievable. Just good Aussie Woolworth select indie rock. Outstanding stuff. Their first album ever, their debut album is the correct way to say that. It's called, hang on, I wrote it down. It's called I Love You. Wow. What a powerful title. I love you. Fuck yeah, dude. I love that. And yeah, so debut album out for them. Indie rock, which, you know, I love. I'm seeing Camp Cope this this Friday, okay? Agenda revealed. And I assume they're touring after this. Check that out. They're doing Like A Version this Friday, I saw. It's all happening for them. You know, you love it when Triple J back. Let's get Album of the Week going for him next week, Triple J. Let's really cook. I love it when Triple J just gets an Aussie artist and just goes, let's fucking have it. Do you know what I mean? You get... You get like a version into album of the week into get them on the on the a few festivals get the album tour going fantastic dude and then you get freaking i don't know let's get Haley holgate opening the show tour them around the country like this is how you build artists dude tommy little why don't you take me on the road with you jesus christ dude comedy is just a dog eat dog everyone for themselves world there's no opening acts for anyone it's an absolute travesty dude you know, you got the biggest acts in the country playing massive theatres. B- 
build up some of your, some of the younger acts in this country, Australian comedy industry. Music is just leading the way with this stuff. I love it. So anyway, Haley Holgate, new single, Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, first album. How good's that, dude? So anyway, bit of UFC chat. Uh, horrific, horrific week on the punt. Okay, I won't sugarcoat it. Two multis died before I was even awake. That's my fault. I should have stayed away from the prelims. And where you really get into trouble with UFC betting, and I'm putting my hand up, is when you just go really based off vibe, which I've done so many times. First fight of the main card, Bill Algio fought Alex Hernandez. Alex Hernandez has been up and down between lightweight and featherweight. It was a featherweight fight. I didn't even really think about it. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even really think about it. The Bill Algio has been looking good recently. Alex Hernandez is up and down, wins and losses. I don't know, dude. I literally just thought Hernandez sounded hard as fuck. And so lost my first leg there. Don't worry, because up next, Drew Dober, the hottest man on the planet. God, this guy's so attractive, dude. Like this guy, Brayton Astor, would snap his neck whipping around at Drew Dober. God, Drew Dober is so hot. Also, Drew Dober just had a child. So this was an easy one to bet on. Drew Dober via KO. And Drew Dober was walking out to fight. I thought, that's not a fighter. That's a provider, okay? You're really going to get in between this man providing food for his newborn daughter? Is that what you're telling me? Okay? Because his baby girl needs to eat. And the man in front of him is trying to stop that from happening. So obviously I got on Drew Dober knockout, which happened immediately. Ricky Glenn, his opponent, a disgraceful performance. He got knocked down in two minutes and a minute and a half of that, he was blatantly cheating, grabbing Drew's gloves and milling around on the ground like sort of sort of a, a fish that's been chock, chucked into a boat, flipping around town. It was embarrassing, dude. Ricky Glenn should be ashamed of himself, but, but Drew Dober got it done and I was looking good, okay? I usually hate it when fighters bring their kids to the to the fight because it can get quite graphic, but Drew Dober's kid was literally three months old, so I don't think his daughter will remember any of what happened. And if she did, uh, she would only be traumatized uh, by seeing what happened to Ricky Glenn, so, so that's okay. I just think when you got kids who are like 10 years old, like I don't think Frankie Edgar's nine-year-old will ever be the same after what he saw at Madison Square Garden last year. So Drew Dober, unreal, and I was back on a roll, okay? Up next, Alex Morono versus Joaquin Buckley. Alex Morono was paying $2.40. Me, Macker, and Adzi all quipped that we had caught sports bet with their pants down. For me, Morono should have been paying $1.90. Or been the favorite. I think Joaquin Buckley is that up and up and down fighter. Morono is like four from his last five. Coming off a knockout. He's kind of old, but whatever. He's crafty. Okay? If, it, if, 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 you, if I've bet on an old guy, they're not washed. They're crafty. Anyway. So this was really the one that was boosting the odds of the multi. Uh, Alex Morono is lucky to be alive. He was beaten within an inch of his life. I truly don't understand how he wasn't finished. Absolutely insane uh, and just shocking. I don't know how Sportsbet know these things. Every time I think I see odds where I'm like, Sportsbet is off, like even GC on the MMA Hour, the betting guy said, 
these odds for Morono are crazy. He had Morono mainline. So, you, t- you and that man's a professional. So, you're telling me you're going to disagree with a professional? Because that's crazy, dude. So, that was a shame. And then up next, we had, you know, Joaquin Buckley. I remember Joaquin Buckley was calling out Jack Della for a bit. I mean, no offense to jo- Joaquin Buckley, but Jack Della would clean his clock. Okay? I know, I think Joaquin Buckley's from Detroit. I'm pretty sure. If he's not, that's a potentially racial assumption from me, but but Jack Della would clean his clock, okay? Shout out to the Armadale line, and I think Joaquin Buckley should fight someone still not ranked. But anyway, up next was Joe Pfeiffer. We had J- Big Joe by KO in this one, and I was chanting that in the lounge room. Big Joe by KO. And dude, he could have KO'd this bloke easily. I fucking hate when this happens. He chose to sub it, okay? Big Joe by sub, that doesn't even rhyme. Okay, it doesn't even fucking rhyme. So I'm not sure what that's about. And at this point, Drew Dober, I'm what, one from four. Up next, Grant Dawson was paying $1.20, potentially even less than that, uh, against Bobby Green. And Bobby Green's paying like four fifty, whatever. I'm on Grant Dawson KO because I think he could win via ground and pound, even though he's winning via, he, he traditionally wins by sub. But I go, there's no way Bobby Green makes it out of five rounds here. He's going to get absolutely mauled by Grant Dawson. Anyway, at the 33-second mark, Grant Dawson's unconscious body was face down on the canvas as Bobby Green, uh, you know, is running around on top of the cage, just going fucking nuts. So it was an absolutely shocking weekend on the punt. One from five for the main card. Okay. Grant Dawson was 20-1 and going into this fight and hadn't lost a fight since 2016 on the amateur circuit. I think the last time Grant Dawson lost a fight, uh, me and Adzi flogged him outside the stain in 2016. Like, this is crazy, dude. How can a bloke be paying $1.20 and get knocked out in 33 seconds by an aging Bobby Green? I don't know, dude. I don't know. But anyway, all right, I want to talk briefly about the Cricket World Cup, and then that'll be that. This podcast, dude... I've not minded it at all. All right, dude. So the Cricket One Day World Cup is on. Now, I've spoken in the past about the fact that I don't think a one-dayer has actually happened outside of a World Cup since 2007, the Tri-Series between England and Sri Lanka. I think Rowan's in the backyard. Some weird noises coming from the backyard. But anyway, I'm not into one-day cricket at all, and I'm not going to pretend to be. I think it's a dead format. I think it died 10 years ago. I think just get rid of it. One World Cup every four years, I'm in for it, okay? Cricket needs stakes. You know, that's the problem with cricket is there's no stakes. Everyone's just playing everyone for some reason. Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem with these uh, different leagues around the world, like the Caribbean League, the UAE League. I, I know people get into the Big Bash four-year-olds I guess and I know people go nuts for the IPL in India but you know like when you've got Faf Duplessis playing for the the Caribbean who gives a fucks in the CPL or some shit you can't tell me anyone gives a fuck about the outcome of these games and you can't tell me when Australia plays South Africa in three one days you can't tell me anyone gives a fuck about these games but 
cricket needs more stakes. And I think a World Cup does have stakes, as long as it's every four years. Okay? Cricket, they should just make abolish one-day cricket, abolish international T20s, a T20 World Cup every four years, a one-day World Cup every four years, a test cricket window every year for three months, and then just turn it into a franchise game after that. Okay? I don't like that. I don't enjoy 2020 cricket, really. I watch the Big Bash mostly for mental health. That's not really how I enjoy I just like test cricket at the highest level. But this is obviously where it's going. Nine months of the year, uh, World Cups and franchise cricket. Three months of the year, test match window with the test match championship in there somewhere. Let's make it happen, okay? But whatever, dude. And after this, I saw Sri Lanka and Pakistan played a fucking thriller last night, dude. Like 345 chase down 345. So I'm in for that. I was negative about the World Cup. Now I've decided I'm actually kind of into it. And the thing with one day cricket is I always thought it was fucking lame for like the last 15 years. But I was like, well, Indians love this shit and they drive the market. So who cares? But you're watching the one day World Cup in India. And dude, the games that India is not playing in, there's no one in the stands. So it's obvious that Indians don't care about this shit either. They were the last ones to fall. God bless them for holding on as long as they did. Okay, there were Indian blokes in 2019 watching one day cricket. And God bless them, okay? That's crazy. They're like the blokes who watch, you know, they're, they're like my dad keeping up with the Sheffield Shield. I mean, good on you, okay? Good on you. But really, I mean, it's like, dude, I got a, I saw an Instagram post the other day. I'm going to shock some people right now. I'm going to blow some fucking minds, dude. What about this? And I swear to God, this is true. No word of a lie. I know this is a comedy podcast. I'm not joking right now. The state one day tournament in Australia is being played right now and has been played for the last five or so years. The Marsh Cup is being played right now. Is that not blowing anyone's mind? Is is anyone... Do you know what I mean? Am I Nicola Charles? Is the UN going to come and seize our state one-day cup tournament? What is happening right now, dude, with cricket? You just have these tournaments being played by professionals. I'm doing air quotes. I know this is an audio format. Cricket is in the weirdest spot where you have this these tournaments being played by quote-unquote professionals getting paid to play quote-unquote professionally in tournaments that just no one watches. People get paid to play the Sheffield Shield. They get paid to play the One Day Cup. Okay, now I think the Sheffield Shield is millions of millions of millions of miles more important than the One Day World Cup. But, uh, oh no, sorry, the One Day State Tournament. But isn't that crazy? Like, everyone talks shit about women's sport. Oh, you know, the, the the women's soccer players are getting paid so much. It's like... Yeah, dude, there's 80,000 fucking people there. Even the the women, the Australian women's team gets far more viewers than state men's cricket. You know what I mean? We want to talk about equality in sport. I'd like to see some of these state contracts uh, that, because I'm pretty sure Big Basher contracts are separate. I've just made that up, double check that. But you want to talk about equality in sport, dude. Let's whip an eye over some of these men's state cricket contracts. Because, I'm sorry, if these blokes are earning more than 35k, that's insane. That is literally affirmative action or just straight out sexism. These are contracts from a bygone era. 
They're literally still handing out ING Cup contracts in 2023. Like blokes are still hitting the sign and kids are going nuts in the stands. Dude, that is literally absolute. If I was Alyssa Healy right now, I don't know when the next Women's Ashes is or the next Women's Big Bash or something. Next time women's cricket has like a Matilda style moment, which who knows when that will be. But next time there's a bump in fans of some description, if I was Alyssa Healy, I'd be saying, take the money out of the Marsh Cup and boost our wages. Because, mate, the women's Big Bash has bigger crowds than the men's Sheffield Shield and the men's State One Day Cup. Without a doubt. Okay? Firstly, people are aware the women's Big Bash exists. So that's it. Case closed. Dude. It's absolutely insane what's happening right now in men's domestic cricket. It's craziness. Men's domestic cricket is just people playing at a park in front of their parents and then the Big Bash is aimed at four-year-olds. And that's where we're at with men's domestic cricket in this country. And I'm sorry, that came out of nowhere. Uh, But yeah, cricket is just in the weirdest spot right now. And for... If you're a fan who's like 25 to 45, God forbid you're older than 45, just kill yourself. If you're a cricket fan older than 45, end your life. It is only going to get worse from here for you, okay? If you're a 25 to 45-year-old cricket fan, it is very hard to find your place in all of this. I don't know what goes on out there. I can't pretend to care about Hyderabad versus Mumbai in the IPL. I also can't pretend to care about Australia versus South Africa in the one days. I can't pretend to care about New South Wales versus Queensland in the Marsh Cup. Dude, the ING Cup and even the Ford Ranger Cup, failing that, I used to fucking froth, okay? Like the ING Cup days, forget about it, okay? Those guys were superstars to me. Proper idols, poster on the wall type stuff. And I would watch... Tasmania versus WA in the ING Cup, Ford Ranger Cup. I loved it, you know? Like Victoria, Shane Harwood, Tim young Tim Payne, Divinuto. Oh, all these guys. Prime Marcus North before the test era. Oh, my God, dude. All these guys, they were like heroes to me. I loved them. And I don't know, I guess now children look at the Big Bash players that way. But I'm just saying that In 20 years' time, if the Big Bash is being played in front of seven people and it's only blokes' parents and their grandparents, they won't still be on 300K. Do you know what I mean? Like, the fact that they're handing out state contracts, like, what's a popular New South Wales player? Curtis Patterson? Daniel Daniel Hughes? What is Daniel Hughes' state contract worth? It must be... I, I don't know if I could Google it, but... What, I'm just going to Google this right now in real time. This is, I don't know. Sorry, guys. This is off the deep end here. Okay. Anyway. All right. Whatever, dude. Sorry. I'm, I was just reading an article about Sheffield Shield pay in 2016 for about seven minutes there. So I'll edit that out. But whatever, dude. Um, the Cricket World Cup. All in all, I'm interested. Okay. I'm keen. I watched uh, the replay. I watched the highlights of India, Australia. Um, As I'll be candid, I didn't know it was on. But, dude, I will say, these pitches in India, it's going to be tough for our boys. Some of those deliveries I saw from the Indian spinners were 
they were ridiculous, okay? And you're trying to chase down runs, very, very difficult. It's obviously a spinner's tournament, and we have brought Adam Zampa, the one spinner who legitimately does not turn the ball in any way, shape, or form. And and also failing that, he doesn't even really try. He's just sort of sliding these things on. Zamps knows what he's about. And by the way, I'm not I'm not hating on Zamps. He does fantastically in India, traditionally, in one-day cricket. And traditionally, actually gets out Vera Kohli more than anyone else. Double-check that. I just made it up. But I'm happy for Zamps to play, but... This is really where you, you'd love to see a number seven big hitting bat who could bowl left arm orthos. Wouldn't you just love to see it? I love Cam Green, but honestly, if we're on like a flatty in India and we need seven and over and Cam Green's bowling at me, dude, I'm sorry. I'm just clearing the front leg. I'm not respecting that guy, no matter how how tall he is. So anyway, yeah, it's going to be a tough tournament for us. And it's interesting because I look at our team on paper and it's absolutely filthy, dude. Our one-day cricket team on paper looks unbelievable. But the pitch, I mean, I don't know. Like, that pitch was just... If the pitches are going to be crumbling that much in a one-day game, it's going to be very tough for our boys. But anyway, that's what I think. Sorry, guys. I haven't spoken about the cricket in a while. And I sort of just blacked out there for about 10 minutes, which often happens when I engage with the game I love so much, okay? So that is the podcast for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Rowan section coming up next. It's all good stuff. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. All right, legends. Welcome back to another second half of the pod. Here with our darling boy himself, Rowan Arneal. How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling well rested. I'm good. Second day of no work in a row. Yeah. On the tools, off the tools, financially on the tools. So is that tradie talk for not working, but being paid as if I, as if I were? Absolutely. Mate, these tradies and their fun <laughs> sayings, I tell you what, <laughs> tools on, tools down, tools up, tools, tools west. Legally, I must be paid 40 hours a week as an apprentice, but the concreters haven't finished. And the builder didn't let my boss know. So we are without work. Mate, I love to hear it. I hope it's, those concrete is never finished. Mate, I've, I, never, <laughs> I've never seen you so chipper, mate. Yeah. I want to find out who the concreters are and buy them a case. Yeah. I'm surfing on a Monday. <laughs> Dude, that's sick. And there's a bit of a vibe around the pad, mate. Um, ups and downs over the weekend. Should we start negative or positive? What was... Um, fuck, I, took, I felt like I took some L's this weekend. Really? I, I, in my mind, there was one big positive, one big negative. <laughs> you, you choose your own adventure, brother. You're- <laughs> Mate, yeah. What have I done? <laughs> Mate, we got the red pill and the blue pill. <laughs> also, I ran you through a couple of things I wanted to talk about like 37 seconds ago. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, God, what's this guy talking about? Are man? you talking about- I, I did make a few errors on Thursday night. Thursday night? What the fuck are you talking about Thursday night? What did we even do Thursday night? I was out. Oh, yeah. That was an error. That was an error. Okay. I wasn't even going to talk about this. Oh, thank God. But now, let's start off. We, guys, we have an extra negative that has appeared out of nowhere. A wild negative has appeared. Yeah. Bit of an hour, yeah. So, I'll give a quick cliff notes if you like. Do, we have, do you want to talk about this? Or? I'm fine with talking about this. You're fine yeah. with talking about this? I want you to know that I didn't bring this as part of today's agenda. Okay. This has come up organically, okay? And I do wish you the best. <laughs> but honestly, 
I did think you were bring you were gonna throw every mistake I made over this weekend in my face. So I was I was ready. I Mate, was preempting. Honestly, there's not a podcast long enough in the world, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys, none of that. But no, the, all right, Thursday night, mate, I actually wasn't going to talk about this. You slipped up and you have had issues with Thursdays in the past. Mate, big issues. Friday Junior has been kicking your ass, dude. Also, I knew I had like barely any work to do the next day. Like we were just grouting a barbecue, mate. It's all good. Yeah. And then there was also for the last few months, you've been doing the four-day work weeks. Yeah. Which is something they do in parts of Europe to optimize the human experience. <laughs> you've been doing just to have wildly long three to four night benders that have been financially and spiritually destructive beyond belief. Oh, so destructive. Mate, the, when the Swedes do a four-day work week, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't look like it at all. <laughs> but I've, luckily, I've been off the tools for the last two days, so I have been- Cleaning. I vacuumed. I brought. I did some very Swedish sweeping of our patio. How, how do Swedish people sweep, mate? Very organised. I I was listening to some podcasts. I was doing it not high. Oh wow, that's very Swedish. That was a lie, actually. I did a high, um, <laughs> but didn't get high today on my day off. Didn't nice. get high today, uh, and uh, with this podcast on your mind, mate. So we appreciate yeah, that, mate. It's the, the smallest effort I could have done. Perfect, brother. I come home and Rowan is triumphantly not high on the couch at 4pm <laughs> and he's watching the bear. Now, I'm halfway through season two and Rowan's halfway through season one. And I come home and I can, within one second, see that he's watching season two of the bear. <laughs> Fuck. And I go, oh, mate, how many episodes have you knocked over today? You're, you're ahead of me. And you go, what? <laughs> this guy's watched like three episodes of season two in the middle of watching season one. <laughs> and I was just doing it because I kept checking my phone to see if a woman replied to a message. And I'm watching the wrong fucking season. Mate, that's tough. And it also, I don't know. How high were you watching season one? Because there's some big plot development that you have skipped over. Well, I thought it was odd that one day they've just leapt in. They've just skipped over. Like there wasn't like a build up of the original restaurant. And then I was, I was like, wow, I really think that that leap was too far. Okay. Season two, spoiler alert. Mm. In season one, the restaurant is a working restaurant that they work in. And in season two, it's been knocked down. Yeah. So the fact that the construction site gave you no clues whatsoever. <laughs> you, I was like, wow, they really skip around on this show. Dude, you could be watching Star Wars The Fair to Metis thinking, where's that hot guy doing the ravioli? Like, <laughs> this is a weird season of the bear, dude. I don't know about this. But anyway, mate, uh, we're jumping around. Um, mate, I made some errors in the field of play. Oh, Thursday. Went out too much on a sat on a Thursday. Thursday, yeah. So I did a gig Thursday. I can't remember what I did, but it doesn't matter because the last I saw of Rowan Arneal was five thirty actually. And I love this from you, mate. I go, What's the gosh, mate? You go, I'm I'm seeing a, a lucky lady. I'm going on a date. I go, What? At six PM? He goes, Yeah, six PM, couple of beers down the pub. How good's that for a date? I go, mate. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, you're home early on a weeknight. It's unbelievable. Oh, too easy. And I see Rowan Friday afternoon and he's like disheveled as fuck, like came down from a nap, worked like a half day. I go, what's the goss with you, brother? And he goes, yeah, I got home at four and woke up at 5.30 for work. I got home at 3.30. 3.30. Um, I'd say the last, I'd say everything past one was unnecessary. 
I think that's very fair to say. <laughs> I think I personally need to work on not doing everything a woman tells me to do. Easier said than done. <laughs> She's like, we're catching an Uber to Erskineville. I'm like, well, I guess we are. <laughs> I guess we're going to have a kick-ons for a Thursday night pub sesh with your friends. Mate. Just- and just to clarify, was it a what a what date as you assumed or- Mate, it was not. Um, but- It was a it- hang with her friends that you and- were allowed to be a part of. And it was quite fun. Um, Which I don't mind. I do like, but- um. It's it's hard to it's hard to be like true. I do need more chaos in my life. I actually personally don't. You definitely don't. I definitely don't. You just need to somehow get to Friday without yeah. blowing your whole Mate, week. I need to hang out with a woman that doesn't have a connect to cocaine. Yeah, that's what I need, dude. And women, if there was a Venn diagram of women who have drug connections and women who like Rowan Arneal. It's uh, it's pretty much the one circle at this point, mate, it's, because yeah. these girls, I don't know where you find them. Mate, they're beautiful ladies. Well, there was the, the sober month where you and your missus at the time were doing ketamine on the f- top floor. And then you come down, you go, I feel great. I haven't had a beer in two and a half weeks. <laughs> I did feel great. <laughs> it's an antidepressant. It works, mate. Well, I mean, the, um, the clinical trials would uh, back you up on that, mate. So, anyway, mate, look. Let's not bloody harp around too much on yeah, your Thursday. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. mistakes were made. You, you, I, I, mistakes were made. I will not be doing that again. You went out till 4 a.m. on a Thursday night. Obviously, it was all worth it because you, uh, not to get too blue, but you probably slept with this woman or at the very least kissed her on the lips. Negative. Didn't even kiss on the lips, went out till 4 a.m., doing coke, <laughs> spending all your money, blew your whole fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> doing bag at four in the morning in someone else's apartment in Erskineville. You're in Erskineville on a Thursday. I repeat, you're in Erskineville on a Thursday. <laughs> I was drinking at a pub that's close to my house, and then I moved to a bar that's even closer to my house. I could have left then. Instead, I chose to go to an Erskineville kick-ons with people I didn't know. And do you know what, dude? If, if you kiss and- this woman on the lips at 7.30... You probably do. You probably don't go to that kick-ons. Also, cherry on top. Don't really like cocaine that much. It doesn't suit you, mate. It doesn't suit me at all. The only thing cocaine does good for you is it keeps you awake. It keeps me awake. That's because, all I really use it for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. cocaine makes me want to be alone, which is like crazy. I want to like smoke cigarettes to listen to Australian rap alone. Dude, that's the John Mulaney style. Mm, yeah. Just listening to Steely Dan, getting real <laughs> furious in your college room. <laughs> just covering up whole parts of your life. <laughs> just just See, living, that's fun. living one persona in the public eye and a completely different behind closed doors. I was listening to Steely Dan today. That sounds fucking fantastic. Oh, mate. But uh, anyway, so that was your Thursday, mate. Mate. So what was the positive of this weekend that you took away? Well, I mean, the negative wasn't about you anyway. So, you really just panicked and got out of- <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was going to say the negative was that we got egged again. Oh, true. Our house has been egged like three times now. Man, that was a brutal egging as well. It was way worse than the last one. Mate. What do you reckon? Half does? Well. Half does, bro? Mate. <laughs> probably a half does scram on the-, on the- on the wall there. Dude, the way the way the wall was hit, it looked like they came straight out the frying pan. Bro, so cruel. Either that or they scrambled on impact. There's a fucking LA Dodger. What have I done? Targeting us out there. What have I done to this city? Honestly, dude, 
There's been a fair few incidents, considering you've only lived here for like four months. <laughs> there's been a fair few incidents where I've gone, this is personal, and we all know it. <laughs> Marky's just looking out through the front window going, they're out there. Mate, thank God oh. that we um we saw, we saw found some closure with the eggs early on in the day because I was worried about Marky's mental health. Mate, honestly, Marky said we've been egged. I go- Sometimes in life you get egged. I was way too hungover to deal with it. He's like, "Who do you think it was?" I go, "I don't know, Marky. I don't know." And that was the end. that was the last time I thought of it. Okay, there was UFC on. I was so hungover. Marky is just walking up and down outside, looking at the apartments, going. He's working. He's like doing calculations with the trajectory of the eggs. He's all over it. But he actually, uh, he's the reason we were able to get some some clarity. Yeah. Turns out our next door neighbors. Uh, also got egged. Also got egged. So we're two of the ones that don't have like a tree in front of our house. So they're like from the apartments across the road, which are also expensive apartments, like modern expensive apartments. Well, Marky's theory is it's one of the rich people from the apartments throwing eggs down. For sure, yeah. You reckon it is? I reckon it's the same. Because um, I don't know, maybe like young rich kids that get fucked up. I used to move an astounding amount of like young rich kids into like really nice apartments for them to go to uni and they never realize that this apartment is like insane. Oh, they just think it's like an apartment. They're just like, oh, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could set up stuff over there. And it's like the nicest, most like concrete polished modern floors, <laughs> like enormous windows, one bedroom, two bedroom apartment. And their parents are just like so low that and they, they're paying for the removal. Mate, as a removalist, the amount of- jobs you do where there's an adult like an adult and then their parent is there paying for the removal truck yeah right so i reckon that's who i'm imagining in my head like yeah 16 sort of oh probably older than that older than that or well mate because once you hit 18 that's flogging territory lads so mate, i and this completely has to do with the eggs i've only realized right now but i have been whispering a lot to myself Two feet down, mate. Say it to my face. I've just been walking around going, say it to my face. Two feet down. Mate, you and, you and Marky, I hope we don't get egged again because I reckon you guys will just be out on the street with cricket bats. Oh, mate. He's got this tiny little metal baseball bat that he flings around sometimes. It is a worry. Dude, I honestly just think it's crazy house, oh, bloke. I don't <laughs> think it's personal. Oh, I don't definitely don't think it's personal, but I think it's from up there. Dude, can you imagine if the bloke who egged us is also the bloke who stole- your bike and my work uniform. <laughs> if, if I walk out one night and some bloke's egging us in my work uniform. Uh, On my bike. Oh, my, yeah. Riding your bike, wearing my clothes, egging our house. Mate, two feet down. Brother. That's all I've got to say. I don't know. Someone's don't know. about to throw their first punch and it's me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I think someone's about to eat their fourth and that's also me. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat my fifth. <laughs> I, I could see a situation where like you throw a punch and I just eat a punch. <laughs> and that's like the end result. Perfect. I would eat a punch for this street. But I'd- anyway, man, I don't want to get too toxic there. I was starting to black out <laughs> from, from the wars. I actually really... I'm not too stressed about the egging. I think I've accepted... That a lot of stuff is just going to happen around here. Um, yeah, you weren't the one that cleaned it for sure. Yep. You were, Shout out. You were on the phone out the back yelling about the UFC. As someone that did clean it and did have $4 in their bank account at the time, mate, 
two feet down is all I've got to say. What does two feet down mean? In like you just stand tall and fight. Stand tall and fight. Like two, yeah. like plant two feet on plant the ground. Two feet of, okay. I asked this kid, this country kid at TAFE about um, because there was like talking about guns. Like someone, there'd been this grave where someone had used a bullet to like fasten a piece of stone, and my teacher was asking about it. I'm like, oh, you're from kind of country, Lismore. You um know anything about guns? And he just looks over me and goes, nah, bro, two feet down, mate. And I was oh. like, oh, that is fucking sick. <laughs> Dude, that is cold. That is cold, bro. Two feet down, mate. I was like, well, I was more talking about hunting. but um. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I was just listening to this UFC podcast on the way home. I heard a saying that isn't as cold as that, but I still think it's it's a cool saying. Yeah. Um, you know, you know our boy Drew Dober who won by knockout? Yeah. Um, he was he got knocked out in his last fight, and then um he was saying yeah my last fight like I just thought I was the man I want to knock everyone out he goes he goes but really that's not what uh that's not how I got on this crazy knockout streak just trying to kill blokes he goes dance with the woman who brought you mate <laughs> and, mate oh. oh I feel that that sent chills <laughs> down my arms dude I was like oh you know what I mean yeah yeah. That's when, like, you know, comedy's not going well or something, and you're like, oh, maybe I should be doing this or doing that. And you go, that's not how Billy Darcy does it. Mate. Dance with the, the woman, woman who brought you. I like that. Oh. <laughs> Dude, literally, yeah, I thought that was so cool. You know, lean in. Lean in, lads. Um, but, mate, all right, so that was the negative. Yeah, negative. Um, so, we, we've been egged again, yeah. and it's probably the third time in about and also, six weeks. I didn't think about it. As soon as I cleaned it, I was like, all right, well, nice. I did a little chore. Cool. Good for me. Nice one. Yeah. Oh, I'm in for cleaning the next egg. Yeah. Which, and there will be another one. And there so will be another one. I'll get my chance. Uh, mate, the positive. The positive. Okay. The positive. We got egged Sunday morning. Saturday night, we had a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. And the double date that everyone's been waiting for, <laughs> we're on the cusp of it. <laughs> I'm not sure we're on the cusp of it. We are on the cusp of the greatest double date in this podcast history. <laughs> Mate, it's. I'm not doing it for the podcast. I want you to know that. Well, you don't really do anything for the podcast, mate. So, if you could do this, I think that would be sort of handy. Billy wants me to help him date a woman. I don't want to help. I don't want your help doing anything, mate. Mm. I want to do something with my friend mm-hmm. that's going to bring us closer together. Mm-hmm. I want to do something with my date that's going to bring me and her closer together. Yep. And where am I in that situation? Mate- I'm a little worried about how much you want to be in that situation. Okay. Let's wind it back a bit here. Let's wind it back a bit. Saturday night, we do a show at, at Bondi. Mm-hmm. Hottest crowd ever, physically. And they're actually, they're good as well. They were good, which and is I, rare. And I've trashed, I've trashed Bondi crowds in the past, and I will do it again in the future. But this crowd was phenomenal. Very clever crowd. Very hey, perceptive, mate. Peter Burner destroyed. Perfect. That's what you want. Okay. You, uh, dude, Peter Burner doing like jokes about the referendum. But they're like actually so good. Yeah. Fuck, it's good. Mate, it was good stuff. Unbelievable. And uh, mate, we go out after. Oh, no, actually, I start talking to these two girls from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'd like it on the record. I started talking to them first. So, yeah. Doesn't mean anything there. Mm-hmm. Just saying that's something that happened. Anyway. I mean, there's not really too much to this, is there? There's not much to this. I thought I, there would be some damning evidence that would that would point to the fact that you are legally obligated to go on a double date with me. <laughs> Mate, if you were head over heels in love with this woman, I'd help you. 
Okay. So basically what's happened is that me and Rowan were talking to these two great gals in Bondi mm-hmm. and I didn't vibe mine as much as he vibed his. <laughs> and now he's trying to leech off our energy. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, we've met two... I was looking for the double... I've been campaigning for the double date for weeks. Man, okay? I need to see more glint in your eye. Now these two girls, they're best friends probably, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the time for the double date. Man, I feel like I'm your crutch in this. Well, at some point we're going to have to go on a double date. So Yeah, for sure. I just think now is the perfect opportunity. Man, I... Now, do I need a little bit more help with my girl than you need with yours? <laughs> See, this is what I'm trying to point out. He just, he's trying Here's to- think. So, are you saying that we're not going to go on a double we're date? We're going to go on a double date. We can go on a double date, Billy. And I'll do it for you. And I know how much you want to do that. Thank you. But are you saying that it has to be with like two girls we're madly in love with? Because that is, that is wild, dude. That's not, like not, Disney level shit. Not madly in love with. But I need it to be in a situation where you're not going, mate, I need some help with this girl. <laughs> I never said that. Okay. But I think I definitely said it with my eyes towards you. <laughs> my girl was not as chatty. To be fair, my girl did have to go home early because she was unfortunately too intoxicated. <laughs> yeah. Which also, we are judging her off that. She could be incredibly chatty. Great girl. She, she was very chatty well, at the start. And before then, that as well. Mate, what is with these women? They drink two White Claws. And then, mate, they're like Head first, brother. dizzy in a courtyard and you have to be like, I think you need to call an Uber. Dude, I turned over and she was like just sort of asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I go, I sort of just, I was like, hey. Yeah. I was like, I think uh, probably time for an Uber. Yeah. You actually haven't been that banterous in the last 45 minutes when you've kind of been passing out in a courtyard. Yeah. Been a bit of that. I mean, Freddie's been doing his Scouse accent, and it, even that has been getting nothing. So, was she? Was your lady from Liverpool as well? I think they're both Scouse. Oh my god, dude! Scouse women in Bondi. I mean, that is dead set a movie title. <laughs> Scouse women in Bondi. You will be on the front looking hell wistful. Dude, that's so good. Mate, I've I've been converted to what, the north of England, mate. Dude, wedding crashes. What about wedding crashes where Owen Wilson is in love, and then? Uh, he, you know, Vince Vaughn is extremely helpful to- But, but to- I'm the one that's in love. Okay. Let me work out if I'm Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson here. <laughs> You're Vince Vaughn. I think I'm- So, I'm Vince Vaughn. But why do I want the help? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I'm saying I don't need the help. Okay. So, okay. So, it's wedding crashes- but Owen Wilson doesn't need the help. Yeah. So imagine, let's just hang on. Let's just imagine that Owen Wilson goes to the wedding, meets his chick, and they're just both in love. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher. Mm-hmm. Where, what do we do with this now? What does this film look like? You go on a separate date to, and maybe if things go well, we can all hang out. Oh, okay. So you're saying there's a preliminary date leading up to the double date. That would be awesome. Honestly, to describe my girl as Isla Fisher in how much she likes me is a gross misrepresentation. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, my woman's quite mean to me as well. <laughs> yeah. I think- I'm not sure what's going on. It's kind of like if I was Vince Vaughn and my girl was also Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. And we're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and-, <laughs> and I'm Owen Wilson and my girl's kind of like a hot Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of telling me to shut up a lot. <laughs> Do wedding crashes, but it's Owen Wilson and three Vince Vaughns. <laughs> That's where we're at. It's kind of a fucking nightmare. I haven't slept. (laughs) 
Okay, so mate, the, the double date is pending. The double date is pending. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Mate. Okay, brunch. We'll be we'll be at brunch, mate. Um, no, dude, we're not. <laughs> no. Dude, to double date at a brunch, double date, you have to be engaged. Well, I would buy salmon pastel polos for both of us. <laughs> mate, British women love that shit. They absolutely love it. Dude, when British women see like a sort of attractive <laughs> British guy in a in a pastel polo, they're absolutely weak at the knees. Oh my god, when they see how clean those chinos are. Oh my god. Also, British guys, like, because they'll get just a little bit of sun. Mm. If they can just not get so horrifically sunburnt, mm. they just it's like a little glow up. Yeah, because they don't usually get any sun. And they can just when British women see a British man that has clearly had a haircut within the last six days. Oh my god, perfect. And British men that live in Bondi have never not had a haircut. They're always at least five days either side of a haircut. Five days either side. Maximum, always. dude. Maximum. Those boys, they like, uh, you know, they like their women, how they like their haircuts. Rowan, fill that in for me. <laughs> Have you seen? <laughs> but yeah, mate, obviously there's a lot on this weekend. Uh, a huge weekend for the podcast. Didn't hit the blue zone. We were, we were hoping to hit the blue zone this weekend. Were we? Fucking I kind of was. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm going to not spend any money this weekend. I'm going to um, be a good boy. And then, bang, done. I mean, yeah, it was kind of a brutal weekend because I spent quite a bit of money and then I looked on Splitwise and I owed Marky $150. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not, that's not great. But, uh, mate, big this Friday night, you and me going to Camp Cope, mate. Mate, very excited. Fuck yeah, dude. Their final ever gig before they break up. And Appreciate they, you coming with me. And if they do do another gig, I will fucking burn the opera house down. Yeah, we were promised something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there is a finality to this. I hope the lead singer keeps going. But, but mate, uh, Camp Cope farewell gig into voting in the referendum. It's a beautiful Saturday thing, morning. Man. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Can you feel the democracy in the air? I know, it's so good. Dude, I'm going to be milling around Newtown with my Vote Yes badge and my Camp Cope <laughs> merchandise on at Marley Bar at 5 p.m. just with a just with a daiquiri going. I'm the real deal, girls. Mate. I am the real deal. Both of us will be rocking hard Camp Cope merch paired with a Vote Yes Tote bag. Dude. Just lingering around the inner west like a bad smell. Dude, I might also just get a nose ring and donate blood. Oh, that's nice. And then just stand around. And I don't know how it works. Mate, a woman from Nam will fall in love yeah, with you. Yeah, a Nam settler will-, will She'll smell you. <laughs> but it's- I can't wait to just walk around. Mate, I'm just excited to be in the opera house with so many people. We're all voting yes. Mate, I tell you what, if there was anyone voting no at Camp Cope, I'd be keeping it to myself. Mate, I would not be wearing the shirt. Dude, I tell you what, I reckon halfway through the concert, we could have um, Georgia Mac just go fucking full full crazy political, like just (laughs) just let out one more belt of rant. I've never seen them live, but this chick is, she's activated, dude. Oh, mate. I think we could see her halfway through the night be like, fuck these liberal dogs. (laughs) I'd like to see her just go nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, um- she, when I saw her once with my girlfriend, she did do that, and um, yeah, I've seen it on YouTube. She can, she'll, she'll tell the guitars to stop. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny to um, 
Get get her a Rode mic and a Zoom recorder up there, dude. To make fun of her very ironically. And um, me and my girlfriend had possibly the, one of the biggest fights in our entire relationship. Oh, really? <laughs> Mate, that was my last Camp Cope gig. Mate, do not interrupt Georgia Mac when she is spitting, dude. Well, also, yeah. In hindsight, obviously, what are you doing, mate? Don't make fun of Georgia Mac while she's spitting. That's ridiculous. Dude, also, Georgia Mac, final ever gig, night before a referendum. Let's say they get a bit of Israel up there on the opera house, projected up there. She could be going fucking nuts, dude. Hopefully, the nurses strike or something as well. Like, (laughs) holy shit, just Super Sam 3 Georgia Mac, just going, fuck everything. Mate, a new union will be created accidentally. Oh, my God. Of the shockwaves of this left wing just meeting. Mate, if she just leads us into the city after the gig- and just says, he doesn't even tell us what we're rallying for. I'll just rally, brother. Mate, I will burn a bank down if she tells me to. Dude, I would totally burn a bank down if Georgia Mac told me to. Not my own bank. No, not the Commonwealth Bank. Not the Commonwealth one of the, Bank. One of the competitors. And not St. George Bank. Definitely not St. George. Dude, put it this way. If I was Macquarie Bank- Or ANZ. I'd be shitting myself. I don't find blue very comforting, so your marketing doesn't work for me. Doesn't work, dude. So, yeah, we've got a very uh, we've, we've got an active weekend, mate. It's going to be unreal. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then we'll walk around the city and riot when the vote goes to no. Well, dude, that's the thing is, um, I think our local voting place is actually Redfern. Yeah. Dude, boots on the ground, brother. Boots on the ground. Oof. I also, you'll see this, you've never voted with me. I like to chat with everyone out the front. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen you. Um, I've never voted with you, but I've walked past people you should absolutely keep walking past. RE, like uh, the- like sort of pro-Trump conspiracy people in Melbourne earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a chat to them. It was sort of five. It was a five G <laughs> vaccine vibe. Everyone's like head down, and Rowan goes, "Sorry, what exactly are you saying?" And this woman's like, "I'll fucking tell you exactly what I'm saying." And then I said, "I completely agree. Go on, just because you got to give them a bit of the start." But at um my old place, the vote, my voting was across the road. So the last election, I woke up incredibly hungover rolled a bunch of cigarettes, ordered a coffee, and then just kind of lingered by the liberal dude and was like, so what's your fucking deal, mate? What do you reckon? Mate, I love it. I love, like, I was going to do an early vote, mm. but then you don't get the game day atmosphere. Exactly. I like being boots on the ground. 100%, dude. Um, I, I'm not as good with you as talking to the people because I feel like bit too awkward yeah i always feel like uncomfortable for them well i was wearing not wearing a shirt and wearing trackies it was like let's let's fucking break yeah. bread motherfucker that bloke's <laughs> thinking fuck do we even want this bloke's vote well he didn't um he didn't <laughs> well he definitely didn't want me to keep talking to him but they're just kind of there yeah and then i stuck because i did the flying once for someone for a labor politician um like a local labor politician um i was getting secretly paid um Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. Um, Is that illegal? I don't know if it's illegal, but most people definitely don't get paid. Most people are volunteers for the yeah, cause. Yeah, volunteers. But I I was there all day, so I'd get everyone to fight each other. I'd get the Greens guy to fight the Liberal guy and be like, he's saying this, mate. This is crazy. Yeah. So, I was doing a little bit of that down at the surf club last time where there was these beautiful Zali mums. And I was like, dude, this guy's, dude, this guy's saying crazy dude, stuff. Dude, when you, when you see the 37-year-old mums out there with the independent flyers- Oh, my God. They, they, they are some healthy women. <laughs> <laughs> and I will cut that from the pod. But, dude, yeah, I, I look forward to it. You know, I think there's something about the election day, uh, especially like I feel like you're all, like when we used to live in French's Forest back, back where I grew up- um, 
you run into people you went to primary school with, mm. you know, Nikki, what's going on? Mm. You know, it's fun. Mate, if we put in a good three hours there, we might run into some comedians. Isn't oh, that fun? definitely. I'm hoping to run into some of the Northcott Terrace because I, I need to, the, the boys to see me out there as part of the community. <laughs> I think I think that a lot of the, the more psychotic members of our suburb, I think they're questioning whether I am actually from the area. So I need them to see me. Hey, come on, boys. Fully fledged. Fully fledged. On the Electoral Commission. You'll see me on the For the Northcott Terrace. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, you know, I've got a bit of an agenda myself, but yeah, I'm looking forward. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the day because it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't come around very often. No. Get it? It'll be lame when we're all just doing it on a computer. Send it off. Yeah, I like the big piece, an enormous piece of paper. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and just just going. Oh man, I totally should ask that guy how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my cousin's cover photo and profile picture that got put up that just no, and then like. A kind of a circle of red like lines, like it's kind of fireworks around the no. And you're like, this is fuck. is that is that fireworks like? I don't, how how yeah. sick is voting no? Yeah, I think they're just trying to generate some youthful optimism about no, but would, they don't know how to do it. I was like, this is one of those dog shit banners I've ever seen in my life. I would love to be at the boardroom for that one. It's like, so we've got the no banner, right? But hang on a minute. Look, we've jazzed it up a little bit with some fireworks. <laughs> with kind of a ring of red lines. Woo. Doesn't yeah. that speak to no? I'm like, this is so uninspiring. Dude, it's getting wild out there. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the day. Mm-hmm. Me too. When do we find out the results? I don't know. It'd be sick if like the results, like one time when I was in Perth, the unions, I don't know, they'd had some big win at like 4 p.m. on a Friday or something and they were going nuts in the pubs. How good would it be if like Saturday, 6 p.m., all the tellies are going in the pubs? Yeah. And everyone, you know, you got your, you know, you've got a pub in Redfern, it's all the yes voters, you know. If you're a no voter, I I don't know, but you work out where to go. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, because otherwise it probably might kick off or whatever. But imagine like everyone's in the pub and then it comes in and your team gets up. Get some more fucking firework clip art going. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm changing my profile picture, dude. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sick if it was like 6 p.m. or something. I think it'll take longer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's a, like it's a, <laughs> you write it down on a piece of, <laughs> dude, we're, we're still voting. Like it's, we're voting for the king in the 1600s or something. Well, our, our fucking Wi-Fi can't handle it, mate. Dude, our Wi-Fi is <laughs> remember, remember the census. What was the census? Like- the website, cr- they tried to do it online. Like, the website crashed immediately. Oh, yeah, the census. And that was bullshit as well because there was a lot of threats going around as to what would happen if we didn't do the census. Mm. And then I'm in there and the 3G's not working. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck, dude? But there's democracy in the air and I'm pumped up. Yeah. Billy and- has been asking most people you meet about what they're doing with their vote. Is well, that fair to say? Not everybody, no. but um, I would just say that What's been happening is that for the last fucking six weeks, I've just been chilling in Marrickville with, you know, blokes with eyebrow rings and moustaches. And I was under the impression this yes vote was sort of all wrapped up, as it were. And then I became aware of the no campaign about three weeks ago. And not only is it a thing, it's 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 killing us, apparently. Yeah, big time. I go, you're kidding. <laughs> I'm like, what polls? What polls? <laughs> so, I've asked all my friends. So, I'm getting like uh, six to seven weeks of like referendum build up just in two under 39s we're like all we're predominantly yes in the polls 
Dude, I'm an under 39 who lives in fucking Surrey Hills. Yeah. I'm not aware of this shit. Mm. I don't know what goes on out there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You're on a different Facebook, mate. Your Facebook even- is primarily UFC related. Exactly, dude. I'm yeah. I'm worried about Charles Oliveira fighting next week. <laughs> and not because this isn't a serious issue. I just thought this whole vote yes thing is wrapped up. Let me focus on De Bronx versus Islam. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't out of ignorance. I just thought, hang on, all right, this one's done. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it moving. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah. So uh, I just basically was in, in my own world for a, for a good five weeks there, and what a time it was. Yeah. It was actually at Clavelli Hotel watching the UFC. Someone brought it up. I go, yeah, yeah, it should be good. And someone goes, no, the no campaign is like way ahead. I go, what no campaign? <laughs> Fr- Freddie was like, Bill, uh, why don't you come over here, brother? <laughs> so, so good to be a part of it. You know, yep. good to be a part of it. We've all got different Facebooks, it turns out. Big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, turns out my mum's is a lot different than mine. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Just Billy on the phone being like, watch the Briggs video. Please watch the Briggs video. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's where I'm at. I just go, just watch the fucking Briggs video. <laughs> my mum's like, who's Briggs? I'm like, what do you mean who's Briggs? <laughs> How are you expected to fucking vote if you don't know who Briggs is? He's the guy who's pretty sort of good at like four different things you know him <laughs> he acts a bit he raps a bit he presents a bit he's not unbelievable at any of them okay don't you fucking know him fuck AB original it was good it was a good album yeah, don't you remember it um, but yeah anyway what are you gonna do what are you gonna do oh well a bit of podcasting there brother that was pretty fun mm. woo any, anything else to discuss you reckon we had a beautiful Sunday I mean the Sunday was unbelievable there's nothing there's nothing here um, we really need to go over. But, I mean, Sunday was just living La Vida Loca. It was. Like, oh, bit of head noise, I will say. Oh, a lot of head noise, but <laughs> a lot of head noise. Yeah, a lot of head noise. Um, yeah. <laughs> the park can only cure so much. Uh, yeah, I liked it. You actually called me and I was at the park. But you, you asked me if I wanted company, which yeah. was a nice touch. It is a nice touch. Because I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't have the strength to say it. But also... I took about 50 minutes to get down there. Also, you asked me if I wanted company within the context of you coming then and and like at, at that time. And then by the time you rocked up an hour later, mm. I did in fact want company. And you wanted beers. Dude, I wanted it all. Yeah. I wanted everything you and Marky had to provide. Camaraderie. Yep. Laughs. Uh, periods of long silence. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan's kind of thinking about how he only has $4 and how did that happen? Rowan's only got $4. Marky's working out who egged us and I've just found out about the no campaign. Yeah. Four very silent boys in the park <laughs> with a lot on their mind. <laughs> Rowan, what did you say between her saying, do you want to come back to mine and have sex? And then 15 minutes her later her saying actually don't worry what did you say during that time interesting that's what i was just kind of for about 24 hours i was just playing over my mind and let me tell you there's a few things it could be yeah (laughs) there's some interesting choices of words on revival of that conversation yeah absolute shocker anyway all right beautiful good good good